this is uh, Ruben Rogers hey. and Bob Daboo hey. on the other end. How you how you feeling today, Bob? Really cool. Really good, Ruben. How are you? You know, uh, I'm doing good. Hey. I'm doing good. For y'all, you know, don't know that we're not in the same room. Um, I'm open. I'm out in Santa Cruz, sunny Santa Cruz today. Mm. Mm. While uh, Bob is, I guess, in Chile, yep. as St. Louis. I'm figuring. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Open Studio Headquarters, St. Louis, Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. We're going to try to get into some music today. Um, uh, Bob did a, a, a podcast um, sometime. We recorded some. I don't even know if it came out yet, you know. It's on, it's on the way, I think. Yeah, it's coming. It is it on the way? Yeah. Well, anyway, Bob did his thing, you know, and he, he pulled out some things on me. I didn't I didn't know what he was going to pull out, and I, I decided I guess I'm going to do the same thing to him today, yes. you know. There's, you know, uh, there's some gems that I, I, I can't, I've come up with to share with our listening community, uh, bass community, or whoever, whoever, you know, feels like they want to listen to some, a little bit more bass because you can never get enough, right? Mm. Hello. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the, 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 the first one, the first artist, and, and, and the, the theme is basically, uh, I guess, lesser known bassist. What we, I mean, what, is that what you would how, say? How did we put we it? We put it, you put it so eloquently last time. A bassist <laughs> deserving wider attention or wider recognition. Oh, yeah, or, or recognition. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah something But like this is that, like a, right? a part two on that, right? So it's like bassist that... I mean, you know, yeah, oh, and of course it's it's kind of selfish in, in, in the same way, just probably just some, some, some gems that, that probably influenced me from, you know, when I was younger, when I first started playing, mm-hmm. or even, you know, you know even to the, today, you know, uh, and I, I think we could do many podcasts about this. I have a, a, a long list of things, but I, sure. I wanted to bring some variety to uh, to to this uh, podcast today. Um, and the first the first basis uh, actually probably pretty well known amongst you know uh, bassists. I would say is a bassist bassist. Um, his name is Sam Jones, mm. um, and he's born in Jacksonville, Florida. For y'all who don't know, uh, he was uh, born nineteen twenty four. Uh, and he died actually at the age of fifty-seven. Whoa. I, I was doing my research. Uh, he died really young, in nineteen eighty-one. And uh, but he he played on a whole bunch of recordings, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of recordings during his you know short tenure on, on the earth. Uh, uh, and uh, the, the the first the first one um, for y'all who don't know, uh, Sam is probably known best for his work with Cannibal Adderley, mm-hmm. uh, Sextet, or Quintet, or. Um, and also with with the uh, great Oscar Peterson, amongst many 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 others. Well, first called the bassist for many years, um, but this first example comes from a, a album from Barry Harris. Hmm. Uh, it's called uh, At the Jazz Workshop. This was a, a jazz workshop in in uh, San Francisco. Um, uh, in 1960, they recorded this record. Uh, it's Lewis Hayes on drums, his his longtime partner yeah. with the Cannibal Adderley. Uh, their hookup is so in- incredible, mm. so wonderful. But uh, let's let's get into it. Let you hear what I'm talking about. All right, this is uh, Moose to Mooch, pianist Barry Harris, uh, on the album called At the Jazz Workshop. <laughs> Thank you. 
gonna let that play behind us. So swinging, <laughs> so swinging. Oh man. So the biggest thing about Sam Jones in my, you know, it, it's like a big tree stump. It's a big hunk, like a big old tree. Mm, you know. Yeah. Just right in the middle, right in the middle of the of freeway. You know, that's the way I, I, I look at it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> when I hear his, when I hear his sound, you know, it's just it's rock solid. You can't move him. The earth. You know. Mm. Um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, the the thing I like about about Sam Jones' sound also is that. Even in in the in the in the, uh, the times of, of 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 gut strings, he he played these really beautiful broad long notes. Uh, if, if anyone has heard in, had heard me talk about in any podcast or anything, I'm always talking about long broad beautiful notes. Yeah, yeah. And he for, was able to bring out those long beautiful notes despite the limitations gut strings had, because you would have a little bit more thumpy sound with a lot of the, the, the gut string, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of the players, and, and the sustain, the notes were shorter. The tack, it didn't sustain as much because of the kind of string uh, they started to use, you know, uh, or were using uh, at Pizzicato. Um, but that's that's that one. Um, uh, the next one by Sam Jones I'm going to, to, to play is is much later on in his in, in his career that that was uh, actually I guess it wasn't that much I guess it was yeah only, what year was that twenty eight what year is that that one? was nineteen sixty that was in nineteen sixty so this one was well, seventeen years later of mm. course yeah nineteen seventy seven uh, with 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 the great Cedar Walton mm. and um, on the drums would be Billy Higgins uh, and 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 Bob Berg on 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 saxophone this is a live recording from um, Denmark. Uh, it actually at this great club, I, I heard that it actually just you know it just closed during the pandemic, mm. unfortunately. Mm. But um, it's it's a great live record. It has it's, it's two CDs they played. I think this this one is called First Set, and I think there's a second set or third set. I think yeah, it's a compilation. You know, like you're right, a series right? of them. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Um, all it's such 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 swinging, such beautiful music. Um, and the, the tune that I want to play off it is called Holy Land. Mm. Um, and, you know, the biggest thing about about this also is just to hear, like, you could hear that he, it, it, you know, um, he's probably playing with an amp now, but he played, it's the same kind of sound that we just heard, right? Mm. And, you know, and he's the same kind of fluidity. And, and the bounce that he has with, with Billy Higgins is, is priceless. It feels so good. You know, yeah. I, I think I just gravitated toward this, you know, his his playing because of this, the way he plays on 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 this recording. So this is a uh, Holy Land by Cedar Walton. Mm. All right, I'm gonna start a little la- a little later on. All right, there we go. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Other thing about about Sam, what I like is that he he generally played from the the bottom up. Yeah, you know that's the way I I I, I interpret it. Like <laughs> I think as as time went on, most bassists end up st- trying to play from the top down. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know? yeah. Which makes sense with the, the development of, of you know getting the thumb position. Yeah, yeah, everything from the top down that kind of became the thing. And then of course it's it's a kind of thing, but. Also, what I preach to to a lot of my students is that that you know it's okay like to get back into that whatever base thing you you know you've developed over the years. Ah. You know, if you could tell, if you if you could tell as 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 um as he went in, you know, he was burning in the beginning, but somehow in the, in there probably you know he got tired. I don't know what it Opened was, or whatever. But he started to go back. And pulled back a little bit, but he came back to this meat and potatoes. Mm. He started to play some beautiful bass lines, some beautiful long tones, counterpoint type and, of things. Yeah, oh, you know what I mean. And 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 that simplicity made made the actually the, I felt made the, the whole solo kind of like really lift. And and then once he started to just drive, the, you know, that bass line with with Billy Higgins, yeah, it just oh, you know. beautiful. So anyway, so you're Sam Jones. So you huh? you weren't making Jones. the point. Sorry to interrupt, but you were not making the point of just register. You're talking about the not just a register register type no. of thing where inside no. of the, the the harmony or the chords like he's playing exactly. and he's very bass centric and that's okay yes exactly i love exactly. it exactly love it that's what i mean yeah. you know that that it that's okay like that's uh, you know fortunately there's not a lot of instruments that can get away with that mm. right <laughs> so you use that superpower right figure a way to make that interesting you know yeah. what I mean? beautiful know, if, if you can yeah. you know what i mean yeah so Anyway, enough of that. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to um, uh, a lesser-known uh, uh, hero of the bass, and he, he was very special in his way, his, in his own way. Uh, we're talking about Slam Stewart. Mm, uh, nice. I, 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 any bass class that I, I usually or bass master class that I've done that we're there, we were able to incorporate some listening. I've always played this, this solo or two from slam because it's it's timeless you know what i mean uh not only because of his level of uh a proficiency with the bow but just the the, the fundamental things uh that he brought to the instrument and what he did in 1945 wow. you know what i mean mm-hmm. they recorded this in 1945 uh and still to this day 
most base bassists can't do this. I can't do it. Most people I know can't do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, not the way he did it. At least, <laughs> definitely, you know what I mean. So it's uh, it's it's definitely a lesson to 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 learn and and just to 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 his time and his phrasing. Mm. Those two things are so so beautiful. Anyway, um, this was from a, a recording at, at Don Bias at Town Hall. Okay, uh, and you know it's a duo. And it's have you do you know this this recording? Are you about to play uh, Cottontail? No. Oh, I'm okay. Not, I'm not. I, I don't know the recording su- super well, but I've I've checked out some of the some of the earlier what slam stuff. Well, you know what's what you know what's funny is is that this this has been on some compilation. This one recording, this like because it, I think the the story is that the a lot of the uh, the band was caught in a snowstorm ah. or something like that, and they couldn't they didn't make it to the gig yet. So you know the promoter was like, "Yo, come on, we gotta get y'all on." So only Don. Bias on tenor saxophone slam was there, and he, they were like, "All right, let's go and do some duos until they get Show's here." Show's got to go on. Up, and it, it ended up being some killing stuff that they needed to like pull out, put out, you know. Wow. Um, so anyway, that's Don Bias. Uh, it, it's uh, what I I learned from it from an album called Don Bias at Na- uh, Nailing Live in the Swedish. Wait, Don Bias at Nailing Live, which is or Nailing Live. I think that's a Swedish radio or something like that. Okay. But really, this track is on Don Bias at Town Hall, 19, 1945. But it's it's hard. It's, it's it's so many places. These two, this this track and another track, so many in so many different compilations. It's hard to like nail the, where it is. Anyway, right. enough of that. Let's get to the music. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is "I Got Rhythm" hmm. by uh, Don Bias. It's great standard. All right. Mm. Oh yeah. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
1945, baby. Oh my gosh. That sound. And the thing is, you know, the biggest thing, that sound, mm. that phrasing, His foot. that time. You hear the foot tapping right? and playing in the spaces, too. It's just, it's like the whole band right there. It's, exactly. a, it's a whole band right there. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> he just was like, you know what? Let me let y'all go know something. <laughs> And, that, and, you know, and he was singing and bowing at the same time. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As if it wasn't enough. I, like, <laughs> I was like, come on. Yeah. Really? Oh. Jesus. So anyway, Slam Stewart, he, he set the bar really high early on. He went on to have some, like, success with um, uh, Flat Flute, Foot Fluji, I think it's Slim, I can't remember Slim and Slam. Uh, yeah. Like, flat yeah, yeah foot Slim and Slam. Fuji? Yeah, I can't, Fuji, I can't think Fuji, about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, they had, like, a little hit, little song there that they, they, they had for some time. Um, uh, Do you know that album but, that him and uh, that, that uh, Slam and Major Holly did together, too? See? Oh. see why, Is that coming why, up next? Why, did I blow it? Why, why you do that, See, man? you didn't you, you can give me the... All right, we done. Low end, low end theory. Out. Peace. Drop the mic. <laughs> Is that really what you got? Is that really what you have next? Yes, awesome. I do. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> but I mean, you know, this this next what what you what you just spoiled for me. <sighs> no, nah, I'm joking. No, but it is Sorry, also a, a fun little album that Major Holly, another great bassist mm. to who used to sing and and and, and bow. Uh, it's a fun little album, you know that uh, that I I've learned. We obviously it's like one of those things that if you you into the base you, you got to know yeah, this album, right yeah. uh so they they met what you want to know about it is that slam uh slam stewart he basically i think what it is he sings uh uh, uh an octave above mm. the bass mm-hmm. and major holly actually sings an octave below his instrument or something like that that's crazy something crazy yeah. something ridiculous but anyway it's it's a good contrast there so this is a this is from um uh an album called shut your mouth <laughs> Uh, it, I think was done maybe a few years before he passed because Stuart uh, he 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 lived a, a fruitful life until he was eighty till nineteen eighty seven he was born in nineteen fourteen do the math uh, <laughs> and uh, this album as I said shut your mouth is close your eyes yeah. oh, and it's this. Dick Hyman on on piano who I was you know thankfully we were able to play with a couple times oh, on wow. uh, jazz cruise some years ago. It, Man knows everything. We did these song. We did these this song. These um, jams, kind of like impromptu jam sessions on stage jam sessions, and like everyone looked at him to know all the chords to the songs or whatever. It was like oh uh, wow, was like a that, living a live, uh, you know a living uh, history book, right? You know of, of of jazz. But anyway, here we are. Close your eyes mm. by Slim Stewart, Slam Stewart, and Major Holly. Oh, 
So cool, a little bass, <laughs> but the, the, the sound they get out of those instruments, the, yeah. the bow and everything. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's incredible. Beautiful. Can't, can't definitely sleep on that. Can't sleep on the the basics of that. You know, no, basics. Definitely, bass, definitely. Basics, basics. The basics. And <laughs> <laughs> I had to look it up too because I remember the first track on that. The first time I heard that they're doing that that song from from Annie from that musical. They do the sun right. will come out uh-huh. tomorrow. What's it called? Tomorrow. What's it called? I think tomorrow? it's the opening oh, track, yeah. and I'm just like, I remember putting that on for my daughter, and she was like, "That's from that movie. Oh, that's so cool, oh, you know." Man. And I was like, "It's the bass, yeah." Bring it, bring it in, bring it in. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. You can't <laughs> help right, but so smile gonna, when you hear gonna... that too. Oh, I, I, I yeah. Just, I mean, immediately I get a smile every time I hear that record or or those guys playing. Really? I'm just like, man, that's there's nothing cooler than that. I, I mean, but they, I, that, that's the whole thing. It's some comical thing, comical thing to it. Mm-hmm. But they, it, they, I mean, they did it in, with with seriousness and on a high level of integrity. Also, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like definitely, ain't nobody doing this. So you know, <laughs> check this out. You know, <laughs> awesome. Um, so let's move on to the next basis. Um, uh, great West Coast. I guess, at least, at least he. I think he mm. made his career, or at least made a, a serious name for himself. All day out there initially even though he's from new york uh the great red mitchell mm. actually that's where we're going um and he was born in 1927 he uh passed around 1992 but mm. uh, uh what i got from red mitchell I, it's funny I, there's a there's a record called um presenting red mitchell this is where I first knew about him or, or heard about him many years ago and i had it i think i had it on my hard drive here or something like that and i i couldn't find it i mean i just didn't do a good enough search i couldn't find it even on any streaming situation just on youtube so i decided hmm. i wasn't going to share that album since i wouldn't be able to put in a playlist but i went to the the next best uh a couple other things that i i know of him um i always i just love his lyrical playing his long tone his 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 long notes i should say his 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 broad tone mm-hmm. uh it definitely he doesn't have a, a a certain attack that i gravitated towards i think a lot of basses gorgeous it's it's it doesn't have any point on it that's the best way i can mm. can explain it but it's still beautiful in itself and and it's a you know you can also hear probably where a lot of i mean you know i'm sure this is going to be this is argued all over the place but where probably a lot of european bases jazz european bases probably got some of their you know influence what were influenced by him mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh scott lafaro obviously was For sure um charlie hayden all these guys out in the west coast were, were had had a certain you know he had a certain influence on them also yeah um do you know the bassist My, you, you know michael uh-huh. michael moore the bassist Yes. He seems to, uh-huh. he's a, you can obviously Very hear a big so. red red Mitchell yep. influence yep. in yeah and there's that pluck read. yeah like that mm-hmm. that like a little yep. bit of fingernail of maybe in there to get yes. that attack yes. and yeah. it's yeah, yeah. It's a different but the biggest thing I like I, I like you know that that he could turn it up he could he could he could turn it up he could lean back he could mm. he was just so all over the place you know uh you know he was known for doing a lot of duo playing yeah um this 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 is from from uh earlier in his career uh i think it's around this first one is around 1961 i think 1961 it's with the Harrowland quintet mm. uh the album hear ye and uh this this particular track is called tripling a while all right this is red mitchell mm-hmm. 
you know, he, he, he kind of leans back on the bass a lot, you know, a lot better than like Sam Jones. Right? Mm, yeah. We're gonna go so towards towards his his solo now, just to. He was singing right? every bit of that too, man. He, that was right. all. That's conviction. Yeah. Hear him singing along like that. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> in it, in it, all the way, man. Beautiful. Love it. That's Red Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, so let's go uh, to to his uh, time playing some uh, duos. He would play a lot with Jim Hall. Mm. Um, he would do a lot of saxophone duets, duets also. There's, but there's a great uh, album with Clark Terry too. That was a tribute yeah. to Duke Ellington. I really like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a duo. Also, it was a duo. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, really. And See, yeah, they, he features some duos. Well, yeah, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> so this one is is a great classic, Stella by Starlight, and this is um live uh, from Sweet Basil's in 1978. Mm. Uh, the great New York, you know, well, defunct New York jazz club. Uh, it's called Vols Hot. The name of the album, Sweet Basil, 1978. This is Stella by Starlight. The great Red Mitchell and Jim Hall. Thank you. 
so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to his solo in a second. But what I wanna I forgot to mention is that I mean obviously it sounds like he has he has like a, a, a C extension or maybe a five string. I can't tell exactly. I think he uh, I think he tuned in fifths. That's at some point, that, right? He, had, he yes, he would tune in fifths, which is which also made him like a whole nother like beast. He was like, yeah. wow, you doing all that in fifth? But you know, he was like he felt I guess the fourth you know the the fourth tuning. For y'all who don't who don't know, the bass is usually two and fourths, and I guess it kind of limited, you know, the things he wanted to do harmonically. I guess you know, uh, or at least having in in that 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 range. So I was like, wow. But anyway, he obviously figured it out early on, and 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 he made a career out of it. Yeah. You know? Um. Uh. But let's go to let's go to his uh, solo. I like, I like the way he he basically starts very mellow very beautiful like he didn't just just jump into it mm. and then you know he's like all right the second chorus is so he's like all right let me show you all the something you know <laughs> <laughs> check it out <laughs> beautiful you get it you get it right <laughs> man you know yeah wow such dexterity just incredible but lyrical and beautiful yes. you know oh. it's just just music <laughs> his articulation his accents his phrasing like the right. range that right. he's using is never you know oh it's uh yeah yeah and he uses the whole bass the whole you know what i mean absolutely the whole bass yes yes but he you hears know? all that too uh, it's not just him he's not like okay exactly. here's this happening now it, you can hear right. all of it is so you lyrical know. I think that's the bit, the biggest thing about I think him is is, is that it's just this singing you know the singing thing and being able to try and use the full length of the instrument in with your solo you know what I mean mm. uh, it's 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 not easy to do and and not sound contrived either you know For sure. so uh, you know and it's those these those little things I always say when we listen to you know the the different basis you know we, we we gravitate towards certain thing that probably just resonates with us a certain kind of way but we can we can get a, things from every 
every instrumentalist we listen to. You know what I mean? You take those things, you know, obviously, I I mean, I wouldn't say my my sound, you know, my preference in sound necessarily doesn't lend towards Red Mitchell, but Mm -hmm. there's so many other things in his sound and the way he plays that that resonates with me. You know what I mean? And it could be different with other players. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It it doesn't have to be your thing for it to still be good, you know, like, or or beautiful or influential towards other people. And even inside of that, Uh you mentioned Rufus Reed earlier. And I 100% heard some Rufus in that. You know, I was just like, oh, yeah. this is Rufus Reed right yep. here. And not just the extension or the low range thing, but no, phrasing. Right. No. Uh, the length mm-hmm. of the notes, too, is like he's really, yes. Yes. I mean, there's so much depth in that. It's, yes. And I don't yes. know this I don't know this record at all. I got it. I am excited to check this out now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Hall and Rich Mitchell, False Hot, Sweet Basil. False Hot. Um, this, this, so I was going to end it here, but you know what? I need to give, give, some, give, give some love to, to my man, uh, Joe Benjamin. Uh, mm. Joe Benjamin is one of those un, you know unsung hero on the basis on the bass, uh, uh, and I'm just gonna play one track from him because that's all you need to know about him. Just just his feel, the way he, and he was like a bassist bassist. He was like, uh, I think a lot of people just know about him because I mean he just was he'd run the gamut of gigs. He was so versatile. Mm. He would he would be he 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 came up playing uh, in in Duke Ellington's bands. And uh, at least he probably gained most recognition there. But he was such a versatile player. He could go from playing with Duke Ellington to, you know, Rasan Roland Kirk. Oh. And, 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 and he could do the whole gamut. He played with Paul Desmond for a while. Then he played with Sar- Sarah Vaughn for some years. Mm. So he, he, wasn't, he wasn't pigeonholed to a certain thing or a certain kind of group at all. So I think... That also why he probably got lost in the mix sometimes because he was, I mean, he was just, you know, he was just collecting so much checks. He's just working, matter, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just working. Like, I don't care. And he was all, he was just all over the place. Uh, um, and, you know, uh, yeah, he was from Jersey. He born in 1919. He born and he died uh, the, the year I was born, 1974. Uh, and, but this, I, I found out about him, I can't remember what record, but this record I've listened to many times. This is another Barry Harris mm. record because obviously, if anyone didn't know, I'm a huge Barry Harris fan. Uh, um, this tile, this track is uh, from Barry Harris, uh, Permanado. That's the name of the, the recording, and um, uh, the, the name of the tune is called "One Down." And who who else to lay down with Joe Benjamin but the great Elvin Jones mm. on drums? Mm. So I just like the. You know the lope that they put on this. This I don't know if anyone that, what growing growing up or being being around a lot of these jazz cats growing up or at least being once I got to the states they always say man that kid got this lope man he got this lope hmm. and I this the the lope is a kind of feeling that where you could just kind of like it's just kind of almost laid back but it's right in the cut where you just you can't explain it it's just something that's felt you know it's like it's got that oh man I got that thing mm. on it man mm. oh goodness mm. that's the way I feel about Joe Benjamin on this track all right mm. so. Here we go. Joe Benjamin bass, Alvin Jones drums, Barry Harris, one down.
again. Get a bass player song. so good oh. and that's that that's that so anyway we i bob i'm sure i'll send you this and you can put up we'll have this playlist somewhere is that right oh it's gonna where, be a long where, night yeah yeah absolutely absolutely uh, we'll, we'll we'll put it up I, on the on the uh wherever this is this podcast is posted we'll have the playlist up well i well i have i have i have it ready for y'all anyway but anyway wait well thank you for joining us again on this unnamed a podcast <laughs> the low end theory ish the low end conversation kind of you know and uh catch us next time all right yeah thank see you, you in a bit see, see you in a bit bob beautiful yes see you soon peace peace <laughs>